Hi, I'm Aggie Burnett, PR and brand strategist for beauty and wellness companies, and you're listening to Creative Women's Co. Podcast. Welcome. You're listening to Creative Women's Co. Podcast with our host, Cheryl Pinan-Pazan, owner of City Girl at Work. Our Creative Women's Co. Podcast is about sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly side of creative entrepreneurship. Hey everyone, Shar Pazan with Creative Women's Co. So excited today to have Aggie Burnett here. Aggie Burnett is a PR and brand strategist for beauty and wellness companies, and she's dedicated to helping the underdog get noticed in a sea of lookalike brands. Aggie's also the co-founder of Nomatera Fragrances. She's been featured in publications like Entrepreneur, Glamour, and among others. And she's spoken at conferences including Six Degrees Society and Flourish and Thrive. We're so excited to have Aggie on here today. Aggie, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much, Char, for the amazing introduction and for having me. I'm so excited to be here, too. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait for our listeners to hear this conversation. I'm sure they're wishing they were here with us right now. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Aggie, you know, you know, I'm really pumped. I was able to, to check out your website and your Instagram and all of these things. And I have to say, I'm obsessed with what you do. I think it's so uh-huh. cool. Um, Thank you. Yeah, just from your logo to your picture and just your about page. and But before we get into all of that, because I know I have so many questions, I'm just dying to ask you. Um, tell me a little bit about your entrepreneur story, where you got started, where you're at today, just so that our listeners, um, maybe they haven't heard of you yet, but they're going to after this. So tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, sure. So I uh, launched a fragrance company called Nomatera Fragrances back in 2011 uh, with my husband. And that was my first foray, like, like for real into entrepreneurship. Oh, wow. Uh, we, uh, we truly built the brand from the ground up. We, um, we self-funded everything. Wow. And we uh, started by, you know, mixing oils in our tiny 300 square foot New York City apartment at the time. It was right after graduate school. And, uh, you know, just started sending some of the samples out for our friends and family to test out. And, you know, eventually, you know, within, say within six months of launching the company, we pitched it to Sephora. Uh, They thought the one of the products that we created, which was fragrance wipes, they thought it was really innovative and creative and different. Mm-hmm. And so they had us come in for a meeting. Um, and long story short, over the next like year and a half, we, you know, were in talks in getting placed into uh, all of their retailers. And wow. uh, within two years of launching, we were in every single Sephora store nationwide. That's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like most people dream of that. I mean, how, how, like, was it surreal? I mean, oh my God, so surreal. We were like jumping for joy. We we're so excited. Also, very, very exhausted from getting it all, you know, getting it all together and getting that first shipment out and that first PO out. Uh, but it was so surreal and so exciting. And I remember like going into, uh, Sephora in Times Square and seeing the product on shelves and I oh. just started like 
laughing and crying and all the emotions. All the happy emotions. Oh my God. That's (laughs) the dream, right? That's that moment where you're getting butterflies and goosebumps and all the feelings. Totally. It's a lot of it I think is, oh my God, like all that hard work was worth it. You know what I mean? Like that's that moment when you're like, holy crap, like (laughs) thinking back and all the sleepless nights and all the challenges that you overcame to, to get to this point. So it was a very, very special moment. And then from there, like we, we continued to grow the brand. Um, you know, we of course got into, uh, many other retailer retail shops, um, in the country as well as uh, overseas. And eventually we decided to, uh, take everything direct to consumer or predominantly direct to consumer because, we had built up a really nice loyal following and, you know, we had really created this beautiful community that loved their fragrances and we just felt like it was the right business decision for us. And from there, I started having, you know, brand founders um, come to me asking me like how we got our brand and product uh, into different media outlets, how we built out our influencer marketing strategy um, how we did like our blog strategy because we started posting, you know, writing a lot of articles on fragrance and, and trying to post regularly. And from there, I started helping these brand founders. And it was funny because I like they were like, oh, how much do you charge an hour? And I was like, uh, like, I don't know. You know I, I figured it out on the spot, obviously. Um, and that just kind of na- I started naturally doing that on the side. And. I was also, you know, I like I found that uh, working on my brand day in and day out, mm-hmm. um, like while I loved it so much, it was like my first like company baby. Yeah, I felt it was a little bit lonesome to be quite honest, and um, you know, I just I just felt like I I had all this knowledge and I had all these experiences that I really wanted to share, and yeah. the more I did it with the brand founders that are coming my way, the more I wanted to do it more. That's amazing. <laughs> and yeah. And so that's how it, it naturally parlayed into AB creative where I was like, okay, like this is a thing, like this is becoming a thing and I'm right. really, really, really enjoying it. And it's so fulfilling for me. Like, that. how can I do more of this? I'm obsessed. Um, I love that yeah. because I think like, I, you know, I, what hit me with that was that you created this, this formula, this business model, you know, you had this brand and then people were asking you, Hey, how did you do it? And then you thought, well, I'm going to share this with everybody because it's one of those things like you're really great at this thing. And people ask you, do you help with this? Do you help with that? Yeah. I think it's amazing. And it's, yeah. And, and the beauty industry is quite secretive too. And I, I really wanted to open it up and like share all the, you know, ups and downs and all the experiences that I've had and all the lessons that I'd learned um, with other beauty brand founders. And I also wanted to just kind of open up the beauty industry and be like, here's what's, you know, here's how to do this. Here's how to do that. Like, here's who you talk to for this. Here's who you talk to for that. Right. And I just wanted to like provide that, 
you know, information, that knowledge. Sure. And I I think for most people, they walk into, you know, a store, a beauty store, and they see so many brands, like I know I do this. And I, I go, wait, there's so many options, so many, you know, shiny bright objects, right? Where do I go? What do I do? Do I ask a salesperson? Do I just go to what is drawn to me? And I think what's what I would love to know more is, you know, I know that you do brand strategy and events and marketing and PR for your brands. You know, when a beauty brand comes up to you and they say, hey, we've got this amazing product, we want to get it on shelves at Sephora or wherever it is, help us. <laughs> what is, like, what what goes through your mind or like, like, how do your creative juices flow? What What's going on in your head at that point? So over time, what I realized that mattered like way more than any of the features and specs of a product or of a brand. Mm-hmm. It was their story and it yeah. was their why. And it was like, what are you doing? One, what are you doing differently? And why are you doing it? Like, who are you trying to impact? What change are you looking to make in the world? How are you challenging the status quo with your brand and your product? And so that's kind of what I'm looking for when brands come my way. Okay. Um, and it's funny because most of them, like most brand founders are like, they're so in love with their, uh, like their with baby. their product, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they, they find a lot of joy in the formulation and product development stages. Cause that's kind of what they probably got them into, you know, creating a beauty brand in the first place. They're like, yeah. Oh, I can create this, or maybe I can create that. And I want it to be natural. I want it to be vegan and I want it to be you know, anti-aging or, you know, or supporting a certain, you know, supporting like certain types of of women or men or whoever, or whoever they're looking to cater to. Right. Right. Um, But what I find is that that's actually not why a customer is going to buy your product. Okay. It's not why they're going to be a loyal follower and it's not why they're going to share your brand with their friends or family and be like all in obsessed about it. So my job really is to be like, okay, like let's uncover like your values and belief systems and let's figure out how we can apply that to your company, to your brand, because I truly believe that your brand is an extension of you. Yeah. And so we really need to get to know who that founder is and like, why did they start this in the first place? right? Like what, what prompted, what was the inspiration? Like the inspiration wasn't like, I want to create a vegan product, right? right? Like the it's like, what's the bigger meaning of this brand for you? Is it that you want freedom, you know, like, like a lifestyle freedom, or maybe you have a special message that you want to share, you know, with your uh, direct customer. Um, So we really spend a lot of time like uncovering that and, I usually try to assess like early on, like where they are in that process. Like some people will be very clear on, um, you know, what that why is for them and how that impacts their, you know, their customer base. But what I find is actually most of the time they're not. And once we can combine like the innovation of the product Mm -hmm. with you know, with the deeper meaning in the story and their target audience, it's like magic, like magic happens. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Like what we can do and create. And like when they launch, it's like, okay, like this is going to 
make it. Like we're going to be successful with this. Right. And do you find like most people that come to you, are they, are they focusing on the, the right things? Are they focusing on their why? Or are they more worried about like Instagram strategy or like what yeah. are some of the biggest mistakes that you're <laughs> seeing that people are, are, you know, they're coming to you and they, and they're like, well, what I need more Instagram followers or how do I do this? Like, what are you seeing some of these mistakes and how can we correct them? Yeah, that's a, such a good point. Like you, you raise a really good point. A lot of the time it's like, okay, how do I get into these magazines or mm-hmm. what's like, how do I create a social strategy and grow my following? And it's funny because like, I'll be straight up with you. Yeah. Like, like Instagram is not going to be the thing that converts sales for you. Yes. It's an important aspect of your marketing at the very, very top of your funnel to make people aware of your brand, but it's certainly not going to be the thing that converts shoppers. Um, it's, it's, it's one of many marketing tools and it plays a part in the full strategy, but I just want to reiterate, it's not like, it's not going to be the thing that That saves you, like (laughs) makes your, yeah, that makes your brand blow up. Right. And I think that's what I, that's what people probably say. Like, you know, you look at all these entrepreneurs, you look at these Netflix shows, everything's about being Insta famous or getting in this magazine or doing this. But like you were saying, it's getting to your why, showing people why you're passionate about it. And then people, it resonates with people. If you have the right strategy, you're working with the right partner, um, you know, PR marketing company that can help you with that. I mean, it's, that's really the key to success, I think. 100%. I, I think that, so here's the way to think about it, right? Okay. Like, let's say you, you, you are building that Instagram, you know, strategy, you're building that social media strategy. And then it comes down to like, okay, like what does my content look like on a daily basis? Like what kind of content am I putting out? What kind of images am I putting out? If you don't know who your target audience is and you don't know what your story is and what your why is and what is the brand archetype even mm-hmm. of your of your product and your brand, then how do you know what your brand voice is? And how do you know like what your copy looks like and what type of topics you should be talking about to your target audience. If you don't know all those elements. Oh my God. That's mind blowing. (laughs) It's true. It really is. (laughs) It's true though, right? Yeah, it is true. And I think a lot of people have problems like with their, they, they, they speak a certain way, right? Like it's an everyday conversation and they know their, the love that they have for their brand. But then when they go to write something online or they have to write something for an article or they're like, what do I say? (laughs) Right. Totally. And it's, yeah, exactly. And it's because it's all self-focused. They're focusing on themselves. They haven't done all that legwork to figure out like, what are the dreams and aspirations of my target customer? What keeps them up at night? Like what's holding them back? What are their biggest challenges? And like, how is my product fitting into that lifestyle? Like that's the, the biggest question is like, okay, like let's fast forward, you know, past launch time when, when you have shoppers like looking at your website and wanting to shop your product, like, right. how, like when they buy your product, like what, like how, what, where does it live in their life? Right. It's so true. Where, what shelf is it on? Like how often is it used? Like, do they need it? Do they have a use for it? Is it the right person that's going to, you know, yeah. even is the person that's buying it going to be the one using the product or is it a gift or, I mean, who knows? There's so many questions. And also like what, 
Like when people buy certain brands and certain products, it's because that brand stands for something mm -hmm. and it stands for a meaning or a movement that that customer wants to be a part of. It's, they're not, I promise, like they're not buying it because of these specific criteria or like even the very, you know, some unique ingredients that you're using. No, they're, mm. they're buying it for a bigger movement. They want to be a part of something bigger. Hi there, I'm Leslie Castromere from Creative Women's Co. I'm here to tell you about the collective membership. Many of you have been asking us about how you can be more involved and engaged with us, whether it's through our live events or online. Here's how. Join us as a collective member starting as low as $9 a month. You can join Ari and many other creative women entrepreneurs for quality conversations at our live and online events, learning brunches, casual cocktail events, panel gatherings, speed mentoring sessions, and more. Also included is a monthly collective members only live mastermind video call on a variety of topics to discuss your challenges and how you can thrive. All that and more included in your collective membership starting as low as $9 a month. Join us as a collective member today. Sign up at creativewomens.co slash membership. No, I was going to say, is that more of like a millennial mindset you're, you're finding is like yes. the millennials, maybe even Generation Z that's coming up, the younger, uh, you know, Generation 2? Is, is that what you're seeing when you're working with your clients? I think so. And I think the reason for that is just because, you know, now more than ever, there's more products and more choices than ever, ever, ever before. And yeah. our generation and Generation Z is all about authenticity. Mm -hmm. And really, you know, knowing the deeper meaning behind why you're creating a brand or a product or a company. And yeah. so if you're not speaking their language and you're just focusing on the product, like there's already so many products and options that are out there that are, that have multi-million budgets behind them. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, okay. So I want to change gears just a little bit because I, I want to know more about you. I'm a little curious. Um, so, so, you know, I think for some of the listeners starting out that are thinking about starting a business or, you know, they've started and they're, you know, that first year or so where you're so busy, but you're also confused because there's a lot going on. You don't know where to focus. Um, what were some of the main steps that you took um, in the beginning and how did you get to where you are today? Are there any you know, key nuggets or takeaways that you can think of to share with our listeners? In terms of like getting. Yeah. Like you decide you're going to start your business and then, and then what, <laughs> like, you know, I think and not every detail, obviously, because I would keep you here for yeah. many hours because I would love that. Um, <laughs> but I think more like you're starting your business. Like what are some of the key things that you should be thinking about? Like what are some of the things that you did um, from a business strategy perspective to like, get your, get the name out there? Or um, like you said, you had people coming to you, but when you first started Nomaterra, um, like how did, how did people find out about you? I uh, had a little bit of an advantage in the sense that I, you know, had a journalistic, um, a journalist, journalism background and okay. I had worked in editorial. And so I knew the pitches that were coming my way. Mm -hmm. And so I knew like how to pitch, you know, media outlets as well as retail, even though I'd never pitched retail before sure. I figured like, okay, the pitch is going to be quite similar, you know, to, to media as it is to retail. Of course, there's tweaks in terms of your, your audience, right? Like sure. with a retail pitch, it's about the buyer and what they need mm -hmm. out of your product. So they, they, all they care about is like, is this going to make me sales in my store? Right. And then, you know, with PR, it's like, 
or with, with media, it's like, okay, is this going to attract readers? Like, is this something newsworthy? What's the angle with the hook? So for me, like, I, I was able to like figure out the marketing strategy because of, you know, because of my, um, training and experience in, in journalism. However, I think I would say the mistake that I made and that the mistake that I see a lot of brand founders make now is really not focusing on their audience and really not focusing on like what this product is going to do for your community and for your customers and focusing more about like product development and yourself. Like I know I made that mistake. Um, like I was so like obsessed about my product and how, like how much time and effort I was putting into like, you know, the packaging design and the bottles and like the formulas and making that perfect Sure. that you can lose sight of like who you're creating this product for. And so my, that was my biggest learning lesson, certainly. And, um, now that's, that's what I teach. Like, how do I, like, how do you get to that point where you're creating this amazing, incredible product, but it's, it's connecting with someone with, with like this community of people. Right. Right. Because you can make the perfect product, but if you're not connecting with somebody or you don't show them how it can help them and how to make it about them, you might just have a beautiful product <laughs> that sits there, exactly. right? That doesn't sell. That just like sits right. on the shelf. And that happens a lot where it's like you launch and then, you know, you're like, you know, people are wondering like, oh, why did, why did I launch to crickets? You know, it's right. like, well, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I do and how I figure you know, what I figure out. But going back to your question, um, you know, with starting a company, you know, from the ground up, like a lot of it is mindset. Yes. Um, like I would probably say 85% <laughs> of it is mindset. And that's another learning lesson that I definitely took away from, you know, launching Growing Gnome Terra and then starting AB Creative. And it's actually something that I even teach now in with my, you know, teach my clients is, is the mindset of a founder. Like what's that, what does that need to look like? you know, you're going to come up against so many challenges and so many hiccups, like literally on a daily basis. And a lot of the time, like you're self-funding, you may be a solopreneur, you may be a mom, you know, um, there's a lot of things that are going on in your life. You may be still working full time. Sure. Right. Right. So really getting, wrapping your mindset, like getting that like squared away and, and figuring out, maybe a practice, a mindset practice that you do every day will be probably your biggest and best asset for the growth, the start, the scaling, the growth of your company and everything. Because I think what you said was really important. You said, you know, I had, you had some journalism background, so that helped, but you didn't have background experience on every single part of your business. And like you said, there are going to be things that are thrown at you daily, hourly, sometimes, some days it's like you just probably keep getting hit with things and you're like, okay, yeah. what time is it? Is it time for a cocktail yet? Yeah, exactly. yep. <laughs> right? But you just yep. have to be ready. 100%. Like you said, mindset. You have to have the yeah. mindset and be ready for almost anything. And then when, when nothing bad happens that day, you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> I made it through the day. This is a good day. <laughs> exactly. And actually, you know, um, one of the best tips I could probably share is yeah. really – 
starting your day with intention. Mm-hmm. So not checking your email first thing or checking Instagram or checking, like watching like, you know, senseless videos online. I'm like such an really, <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like really setting your day up for success. And to do that, you need to be in, like you need to be the driver, you know, like you need to be the driver in your, in your journey, in your adventure, not the um, passenger. And what I mean by that is when you are checking email and just, you're just reacting to whatever's like coming your way, right? Like whatever's coming at you, you're just like trying to react and like fix this problem or fix that problem. And then all of a sudden it's like 2 PM and all you've been doing is checking email and like, maybe getting through like a few emails, but you haven't actually like gotten into all the major, like, like money making projects that you, that are going to move the needle for you. Absolutely. Like the high priority stuff. Yeah. And like you're getting your email and you're being pinged all the time. And I read that, you know, some of the most successful people, they dedicate time to check their email. And I think with, you know, with smartphones and watches and, iPads and I everything we're looking at things and going oh let me just let me just clear my inbox or let me just take a quick look I have a second and you get into that trap right it's like a it's a rabbit hole so I actually set up like two two times that I check my email only and it may be really annoying for like people who are like emailing me you know like and they're like why like why isn't she getting back or like texting me but it's because I'm working on high priority projects that are moving the needle for my clients or for, you know, or for me, but primarily for my clients. And, um, like those, like the email can wait, you know, like, unless I'm pitching of course. And like, and then of course I'm like pitching actively and actively responding to, to inquiries from media. But, um, that's like a different type of email. Like I don't look at any other email other than like pitching, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's very, so, it's very focused and also same goes with social media. I only check it like twice, twice a day. Of course, like I, I'm not like, I definitely make mistakes and I definitely slip up here and there. And there'll always be like an off day where you're like, you know, where it's just kind of off and you're trying to get it back on track and <laughs> right. um, what have you. But like overall, like I like to make sure that I'm very intentional with my day and like every decision I make, like I'm making sure it's moving me towards like my bigger goals. Sure. Absolutely. And I think we're all human, right? So we all, you know, there, we have our off days, like you said. So exactly. (laughs) That makes sense. And that's when you have that extra cocktail. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Thank God for happy hour. Um, (laughs) Cappuccinos in the morning, happy hour in the afternoon. Um, evening. Um, so, so, you know, I, I think we talked a little bit about, you know, being an entrepreneur is hard sometimes. What is, what would you say is an example of something that you went through that was really tough where you're almost like, man, is this really worth it? And then you overcame it and you thought, okay, I'm stronger because of this challenge now, this business challenge. And, uh, I'm, I'm happy that I plowed through it because look at where I'm at now kind of thing. God, there's been so many, (laughs) right? You're like, um, the one, which one do I pick? <laughs> right, you're like the one yesterday or the one five years ago or what? Yeah, uh, exactly. Right? Um, I I probably would say uh, 
transitioning from Nomaterra to AB Creative was mm. a really big challenge for me because I had to figure out the structures behind making Nomaterra work while I shifted my focus to AB Creative. Mm. So making sure like everything's being taken care of and catered to with Nomaterra because we, you know, we have like a really great community there and we want to, you know, cater to them and make sure they're, you know, being heard and, sure. and make sure that's like, you know, running smoothly, but then, you know, wanting to do this other type of work that's really been very fulfilling for me. Right. And how does that look like in terms of work-life balance? And I remember like, I was also, you know, pregnant with my son at the time that I was transitioning oh. from, um, you know, having, going through that transitioning transition period sure, and just trying to figure out like, what is my life? What do I want my lifestyle to look like? And what do I, what do I want it to feel like on a daily basis? Right. And then just <laughs> really kind of, it took, it honestly took like a really long time to figure out, like it took many months of just like meditating and, um, just giving myself that space and that time to mull things over and think about things and plan things out. And, and I just started to, you know, take on, like just started listening to my intuition and just started taking on more projects for AB creative and, and seeing where that would take me and, um, just following and then your just intuition, sort of, right? Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing is just it was following my intuition is and stepping into that and, and with all my energy and attention and power. And when I started to really follow the intuition, it I started seeing like where this could go and and who I could help more. Right. And I don't know, I just it just all started to fall into place, but I I needed to let go. You know, and that's hard. And right? that was a struggle, it's, right? It's the let go. That was a big struggle. You have a plan. You're like, this is where I'm starting my 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 career, right? With this business, yeah. And then and then you have this kind of yearning for this this new path, and you're like, wait, but that wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> right? Exactly. I think yeah. I think that was the biggest thing because you have, especially you know, when you're in your 20s, you're like, you have your plan, and everything's right. like organized, and everything's like this is what I'm going to do at this stage in my life. And this is what I'm going to do at this stage. And like, this is where we're going to be. And, and then if you don't take a step back and just take a moment to listen to your intuition and see like, okay, is this the right fit? Like, am I doing, you know, is this making me happy? So is, is this bringing me joy? Then you can just keep yourself on that. Like that, you know, that hamster wheel going, going, going until you burn out or until you realize like, Oh my God, I'm not even living the life I imagined you know, I wanted like that I imagined right. I'd be living or how I wanted to be living. Right. And so I think it was really important, you know, to, to allow myself to feel bad, to mm -hmm. be quite honest, like to feel bad about like what I was letting go of sure. um, in order to excel and, and bring and be able to bring myself even more joy and even more success in the future. Does that make sense? Beautifully said. Yeah. Because I, when you said that, I was like, wait, allowing yourself to fit. Can you say that one more time? You allowed yourself to feel it. Just to like really, yeah, to feel bad about it and just to feel like, oh man, like I'm letting something that I put 
my life into. Like sure. every piece of me went into that company. And practicing and, that, right? Yeah, and just really being like, you know, you you want to you want so badly to continue doing the thing you set out to do in your life. But when you sometimes like, you know, that voice or that intuition is telling you, maybe it's time to shift focus or shift direction. And that's really hard, like super hard when you, when you're an entrepreneur and you work on that first baby, like for like day in, day out for years. And yeah, that's like that. That was the big. That was definitely like a big struggle that I went through, and coming out of it just with a hundred percent confidence that this was the right choice. But it took a while to get there. Right, and I think what you said is is really important for listener listeners to understand. As you said, you know, allowing yourself to to really feel those feelings and allowing your intuition to help guide you. Obviously, I know on the back end you know, seeing, seeing your everything online and just having talked to you ahead of time, I know that you're very strategic and, and you've done all the calculations, you've done all the risk uh, calculations, but I think following your intuition, I think as a founder, as a visionary, that's something that, like you said, get yourself in that mindset and being able to pivot or shift or, or follow your gut, right? Because that's something like, just because you decided to start in one area, you're not going to be so stubborn and say, I'm just going to stay here. And if you do, I mean, I think, right. It's like, you're, you're following your, yeah. where you're supposed to go. I'm, I'm just feeling it as we're talking and I'm just like, this is yeah. so beautiful. Um, I just didn't fun. think that that would happen. You know, I didn't think that that shift would happen. I didn't think that I'd be like all of a sudden, like, you know, when you set out to do one company, one thing, you're like, you think that's forever. Like you, right. like you're in it for, for good. And, I think um, that was a big mindset shift for me I, I, that, that I even allowed myself to entertain the idea of like <laughs> starting a new company or a different company, like after all that work, hard work, you know, like, and now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, like, thank goodness thank, that I did that because what I'm doing now is just, and it could be that this shifts too at some point, but right, what I'm doing now just feels so right and for right now and it just feels so fulfilling and I feel like I'm making a difference in the yes. founders that I work with and I'm empowering them, not just, not just to help grow and launch and, you know, scale their brands, but I'm helping them as people to, to find their freedom uh, and their freedom in their company. That was so beautiful. I feel like there are so many nuggets that I hope the listeners have just picked up on. I mean, I feel like we just got a whole entrepreneurship class right here. Um, this was perfect. So what I want to do, Aggie, is is end by asking you, um, you know, where can people find you? You know, how uh, do you work with clients just in New York, across the country? Um, and tell me, tell me who you work with and where can they find you? So um, I work with uh, primarily beauty and wellness uh, founders, okay. women typically who are looking to either launch, they have a great idea, they, you know, they've, they've done a little bit of research, they've done a little bit of work, maybe they've created their formulations already and they're looking to launch their brand um, but they, they they have, they lack clarity on how to do it. Like all the steps that are involved, they feel like they're kind of spinning their wheels a lot. 
Sure. And they're like following all these tactics, like they're reading this and they're reading that. And this person's telling them this advice and this person's telling them that advice. And they don't know like what to, what's the truth sure. and what will work for them. So, you know, I work with those type of founders to help launch their brands and figure out all that murky, murky business. <laughs> um, but I also actually work with brands that are, you know, have a, you know, have made a, you know, they make, you know, a few million dollars, you know, a year, you know, anywhere between like 1 million and 10 million um, a year. And they're looking to either rebrand or scale their brand or tap into a whole new community of, of customers sure. and trying to figure out like, okay, what does that look like for our brand? Like, this is what we've achieved already. This is what's working, but like, we want to pivot or we want to grow. And like, what does it, what, what's involved in that? Um, so yeah, so, and I work with, you know, both types of founders and you can find me on abcreativenyc.com. Um, you can, you know, shoot me an email, uh, through the contact form there. Uh, yeah. And you know, I, there's a little bit of like, like if you go to the website, there's like a little freebie there. So you can check that out and that can help you at least get started with like influencer marketing. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Aggie, for being a part of the Creative Women's Co uh, podcast. And um, you guys, I hope you took away a lot because this was amazing. So keep this on replay. Come back to it. Listen to this podcast. You'll learn something new, I'm sure, each time. Thanks, Aggie. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Char, for having me. I, you know, love chatting with you. And yeah, good luck to, to all the to all the listeners out there who are, you know, looking to launch their company and grow their companies. Um, it's, it's definitely challenging, but it's so, so worth it and so fulfilling. Awesome. Well, thanks, Aggie. And like Aggie said, let's keep going and, and stay motivated. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye. This episode is sponsored by City Girl at Work. Thank you so much for tuning in to our episode. We hope you have an amazing day. 